Hello and welcome to Into the Funkoverse. This is season three, episode two. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Just a warning now, I will be talking a lot about the movie and things that happen within it, as well as Easter eggs. If you have not seen it, please come back later and listen to this once you have watched the movie because major spoiler alert. This is your final warning, major spoiler alert for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Many of you know I absolutely love Spider-Man and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is such an amazing movie. Now I will be covering Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse over on Biscuits and Blu-rays podcast hosted by James as I mentioned in the first episode and we will be taking apart Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse but on this episode I'm going to be talking about the recent release of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. First of all I want to say, wow, <laughs> what an amazing movie. I'm, I'm sorry, but for me, this tops Into the Spider-Verse, even though Into the Spider-Verse will always be one of my favourites, and it still is, but Across the Spider-Verse has just gone above and beyond, which leads into how I really cannot wait until next year. Supposedly, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse should be coming out next year in March. Will Marvel delay it? I don't know. But for now, there is a release date, apparently. And I am so, so excited for that to come out. This trilogy is going to be one of the best. I was over in Texas when it came out and me and my friend Mel's pop collection went and watched it in cinema and I was blown away. I, I absolutely was left in shock and it was such a great movie I, I honestly i don't know if any other movie this year will be able to top that i know guardians of the galaxy was a very popular one very you know on the top but in my opinion you know i am a bit biased because i love spider-man but this was just so much more the animation the style of it just everything that was put into this this was a, what a three-year in the making i don't know it got it got delayed the last one came out in 2018 so it's been five years and i know that their budget was increased for this movie and over a thousand animators were working on this film i know there's quite a few animators on just one of the characters let alone the millions of other spider people that were involved in this movie I just want to say how Miles has developed so much and you see that so it's it's so well done in the first one and it continues to develop in the second one how he is coping being Spider-Man and dealing with his everyday life that is shown really well and how he struggles with his parents and that dynamic between them you know they are supporting but how supportive will they be there is more of Gwen in this movie Spider-Gwen and I am obsessed. As you know, I love Hayley Steinfeld and she plays this character so well as a voice actor and and seeing more of Gwen's world and Gwen's story brings so much more to the character that, that it makes you more excited for the next movie. Not only seeing a development with Gwen, but her world, how in a interview it was described as a mood ring. Her world changed 
around the situations, the feelings, the emotions that is going on and that's taking place. And I think that just brought so much more into the movie. I think the surrounding environments, not just the characters, but just the environments bring more to the movie. And, and I think they did that very, very well. We all know it is one of the most anticipated films for a long time. And definitely for me, obviously loving the first one, my massive love for Miles. I connect to him in some level and that they included so many different spider people that I love to read about. I always love to see new characters being introduced that people may not know. I love the comics of Spider-Man and all the different variants and we get to see Spider-Man 2099 and he's such a big character in some of the comics that I'm so glad that they used him and made him an important part in this. Most reviews that I've seen have been very positive. I think the only downside to it is that the experience in the cinema is that the audio is hard to hear, but I feel like that's more of a technical aspect to it rather than the film itself. Obviously, it leaves in a cliffhanger, which they did so well. I know a lot of people are annoyed about that and they're like, why leave us like this? But this is supposed to happen. It's supposed to be... The anticipation for the next film to know what is going to happen next. I am so glad that they introduced the canon events even though sometimes it really did not make sense. Lots of people did not agree with Miguel and his whole view on the canon events and we see that they can be changed. Gwen's dad quitting being a captain, that has changed the canon event. There are definitely different loopholes I'd say maybe that aren't clear when it comes to the canon events and we know that sometimes we may disagree with Miguel and how he views the canon events but you can understand because he has lost so much and he destroyed a reality he destroyed a dimension because of his choices and it's, it's understandable. I also know that some people were annoyed at Gwen and the other original gang from the first movie, such as Peter B. Parker and and seeing how they were struggling to tell Miles about his true purpose in all of this. And there's a lot of things that people would be annoyed with for them keeping this secret from him. But it's all due to this massive event that's supposed to be happening and they don't want to ruin the Spider-Verse. It was great seeing some original characters from the first movie and it was great introducing some new ones such as Spider-Man India, Spider-Punk and there are many more to see when they are in the Spider-Man HQ lobby. I don't, I can't remember what it's called. But overall, personally, I would rate this film a 10 out of 10. It brought so much together. I enjoyed every part of it. I enjoyed the soundtrack. I don't think I appreciated it when I first watched it and I watched it again and I've been listening to the songs and I think I appreciate that more. I wouldn't say it's as good as maybe the first movie where they had Sunflower, that's a very iconic song for Miles and What's Up Danger, but Metro Boomin did such a good job to bring such a great soundtrack together, I, I think. So a part of this episode, I want to talk about some of my favourite Easter eggs that I noticed when watching and listening to other people's theories 
and everything about this film. Now there are many 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 easter eggs and I could go on and on and on. I have about 15 easter eggs that I want to go through that I think are my favourite or interesting and maybe you guys might not know about them, maybe you do. I know there's a lot of TikToks and things on social media about all the easter eggs but I want to go through my favourites and the ones that I picked up from watching this movie. This is in no particular order, I'm just going off of what I've written down. But the first one I have is the number 42. Now throughout the first movie we see that a lot through the spider to bingo balls to things in the street. There are so many things that really foreshadowed Earth 42 and how that story all came together. The number 42 is very important and it was given to us straight away. And it's great that we got to learn more about that number and what that means. Miles wears it on his jersey. He, It's just seen around the environments. And I think that was such a good touch to add in about the different dimensions and why we kept seeing this number. And it was explained to us very well. And I just love seeing it in the movies. So another Easter egg is Donald Glover. Now he's been a big impact into these marvel movies and spider-man now he did a comedy bit where he woke up out of bed and he was in a spider-man shirt and i think some people were inspired for him to be uncle aaron and the prowler and he didn't play the prowler in the live action um in the mcu but that was a hint and a easter egg in homecoming where Tom Spider-Man webs him to the car and is speaking to him and then we hear that he's on the phone to Miles. It's, it's a nice little Easter egg and something that I like that they've then made him live action Prowler and included him into the movie. So not only did we see Donald Glover play the Prowler in Across the Spider-Verse and bringing him in to interact with Miles, but he was also an Easter egg in the first movie, Into the Spider-Verse, when Miles comes and visits Uncle Aaron and he's punching the punch bag. This is before he knew that Uncle Aaron was the Prowler. On Aaron's TV, there was the skit of Donald Glover doing that whole Spider-Man thing. So that was a great nod and like a little thing that they included into that. And then they pushed that further by having that in Homecoming and they also then included him into Across the Spider-Verse. So the whole Donald Glover thing, that, that was a great thing to see. Another thing that foreshadows Across the Spider-Verse and the reasoning to why Miles was bitten and everything is the spider that came and bit him in into the Spider-Verse. And having this spider glitching in the first movie was a great foreshadow to not only meeting the other spider people that were glitching, it explains that the spider was glitching because it was from another dimension. And this may have been obvious to a lot, and I know it is quite an obvious thing, seeming as the other spider people from the other dimensions were glitching. So you can kind of lock on there, but I think having that spider in the first movie glitching, having the number 42 on it was such a great way to foreshadow a reasoning later on in Across the Spider-Verse. Carrying on from this glitching spider is in the Spots flashback when he's telling Miles about 
why he is spider-man and why the spot is the spot in the flashback we see the braided haired miles from earth 42 about to be bit by that spider and we see the spider be sucked up into the portal which then led to miles in his earth so seeing that little flashback and the illustration of miles from the start and how we see that he was about to be bit in another dimension was a great touch and it was very quick and i know a lot of people caught that but i didn't catch it to begin with it wasn't until the second movie where i started seeing things on tiktok that was like oh my god the 42 miles was supposed to be bitten and that's that's how it didn't happen so i found that really interesting and it kind of clears up some of the questions of the spider another amazing detail that i love personally is in the first movie when miles meets peter parker played by chris pine the one that died <laughs> when they met they had their spider sense when they saw each other and obviously peter parker's was blue and red and miles was green and purple and then as they saw each other after miles had been bitten by the spider it changed to blue and red so seeing that it was already given to us that he was going to be the prowler it was amazing to see that change and how that kind of timeline had changed because Mars was bitten and shows that he went from being the prowler or he was supposed to be the prowler into spider-man so the whole spider sense and the colors changing was a massive thing and I definitely didn't spot it. It wasn't until this movie came out that it made a lot more sense of why it changed from green and purple to red and blue. Going on from that, when we see Miles in Across the Spider-Verse, he is wearing a red hoodie and he's wearing a black puffer jacket, I would call it, a big coat. So it has his colours red and black. And we see that throughout the movie. What I find interesting is when Miles goes into the dimension and the Earth 42, you notice that the colours and the environment of his world is not his world. And you see the colours changing. And when he manages to get into his room, he quickly dresses into his hoodie and his puffer jacket. And what we see is that the colours change that his puffer jacket's purple, I think, and his hoodie's green. So we see the colour change there. From in his universe, he has red and black. And then in the dimension of 42, where Miles is the prowler, you see his colours change. So having those little details and having colour be a massive thing is so interesting. And I love this detail that they've put in. In the first movie, when we meet Peter B. Parker, Miles puts him on the punching bag and ties him up. And Peter B. Parker says, don't watch the mouth, watch the hands. And he manages to escape. And this is one of the first lessons that he teaches Miles is to watch his hands and stop focusing on his mouth when he's talking. At the end of the movie, when Miles is attached, our, our Miles is attached to the punching bag. We see Miles as the prowler intimidating him, being very close to him, but he's watching his face. He's watching his mouth and we see miles starting to use his venom strike his 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 electricity power 
to start touching the chain. And it's amazing how they pulled the first lesson that Peter B. Parker taught him. And he is using that when he is attached to the punching bag. So that that was a great thing. I love how they pulled that in because they always make fun of Peter B. Parker for being a bad mentor when Miles is using what he's learnt and putting that into his situation. Another really thing that I find really funny is in the first movie, Miles throws a bagel at someone's head. Now we think that's funny and there's a little thing that pops out on the side of his that says bagel and I always notice it and I love it. And the fact that they put that reference into the second movie, not only having it as a reference, but making that person who was hit by the bagel be the main villain, be the spot. That was Jonathan Owen. And it's funny how even though he is the big villain, it's the fact that they literally chose to use that person who was hit by a bagel and make that one of the things that was incorporated into the spot story how he kind of used that as a comment of well you threw a bagel at me uh, this whole bagel throw has got everyone going crazy and i've been seeing so many amazing tiktoks about the consequences of miles throwing a bagel even though that's not the reason why the spot became the spot and the villain he is it's just a cool detail that they just kind of put in and was like yeah you know but having the character be hit by a bagel just makes it more ironic, more iconic um, <laughs> that the person that was hit by a bagel wasn't just any other person. It was happened to be the main villain that's going to be in this movie. So it was it was a great detail to add in. I like how they put that all together. One thing we know is that in the first movie and Spider-Gwen in general, she wears ballet shoes with her suit. And something that I loved in the second movie is where she is wearing blue Converse instead. And it was mentioned in the movie that Hobie Brown, who was Spider-Punk, gave her these Converse. And I think it was a great detail that they added in how she spends time with Hobie and he's given her new kicks, as he says. And so, yeah, I, I really like that. And it's blue, which still represents her original suit with her ballet shoes but instead it's converse and she ties them up in a similar way now in the earth 42 we find out that there is no spider-man there was supposed to be one which was miles but obviously the spider traveled to our miles's dimension so there is no spider-man in earth 42 and a little easter egg that they put when we find out that Miles in Earth-42 is the Prowler, is in the background on the radio. It states that the Sinister Six is up to something. Because there's no Spider-Man to protect them or anything, it looks like the Sinister Six have been put together and they are causing havoc around the city. I love that they included that and putting hints towards the Sinister Six. So if you listen carefully when Miles reveals that he is the Prowler, you will be able to hear in the background something about the Sinister Six. Now, throughout the movie, we see the Game of Us Spider-Man, the PS4 slash PS5 Game of Us Spider-Man. And I absolutely love this Spider-Man. I cosplay as him. He's got such an amazing suit. And as we see Miles in the second movie, 
come into his dorm whilst he's trying to get changed. We see Ganki on his bed and he is playing the PS4 or 5 Spider-Man game. And I thought that was such a great detail that he is playing that game. And it's such an amazing game. So if you haven't played it, go and play the Spider-Man game. Then go and play the Miles Morales game. Quick side note, I cannot wait for Spider-Man 2 and for that to come out so I can play that. Being able to have both of Peter and Miles together. I'm so, so excited. So quick side note about that. But Genki playing Spider-Man on his console was such a great thing to see. I love it. This is a very common known one. We've seen it in the trailer. We've seen it everywhere. But the reference to Doctor Strange and what happened in No Way Home is something that I love that they added to acknowledge what had happened in No Way Home and see more spider people coming into dimensions. It's great connecting those two and having the reference of Doctor Strange. So that reference was a really great one and we get to learn that actually our Earth 616 is 199999. So it was a great, great detail and a reference to put in that kind of brought the MCU a bit closer to the Spider-Verse. So in Across the Spider-Verse, we get an explanation on canon events and things that happen to Spider-Man, no matter what, like Captain Stacy always dying or someone in a captain in their life dying. And we get to see people losing Uncle Ben. It's really sad. But they did bring in clips from The Amazing Spider-Man using Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. They brought clips in from Captain Stacy from Andrew's world into this and seen the flashback when he died. And then from Toby's Spider-Man, Uncle Ben dying and he was also shown live action in this movie. So bringing those clips together was great to see. Even though it was sad things that were happening, it was great to have Andrew and Toby involved in this and bringing their worlds into Spider-Verse. Another fun Easter egg is when the Spot starts to discover that his holes can take him to other dimensions and he pops his head through to a shop where Mrs. Chen is from Venom and we see a bit of the Venomverse and clip used from the, that movie was used to interact with the Spot. So I thought that was a really good little Easter egg that they put in and great to see that the Venomverse is also being included in this. And finally, of course, this has to be the ending point of one of my favourite Easter eggs or things that they have included into Across the Spider-Verse is the Spider-Man pointing meme. Now we see it in the first movie in the end credit scene where Miguel travels to one of the first Spider-Man cartoons and he starts pointing. Now we see it a lot through the MCU in No Way Home where Andrew, Tom and Toby are pointing at each other. But across the Spider-Verse took this to the next level and in the Spider-Man lobby, we have loads and loads of Spider-Men pointing at each other and it was such a masterpiece. It was so amazing and great to see a good way to bring the pointing meme into Across the Spider-Verse and what way to do it by literally doing it in a Spider-Man lobby where there are so, so many different Spider-Men and all the ones that were involved. It 
it's so great to see so many spider people and it's great because i love reading the comics so bringing a load of the elements from the comics together was such a great thing that made me happy when watching yet again i could go on for hours and hours and hours about across the spider verse and how good it is and there are so many more easter eggs that i have not mentioned that are yet to be seen still there are so many out there that you can go and have a look online tiktok instagram so many people releasing more and more easter eggs but these were some of the ones that i caught and that i thought were great to mention and the references and everything that was put into this was so amazing which made the movie even greater i would love to know what your thoughts are on across the spider-verse and i cannot wait for the next movie to come out sony and marvel are really outdoing themselves with these movies and i'm definitely gonna go and watch it again in the cinema of course <laughs> and uh and a quick aspect that i want to bring into this is obviously funkos the funkos for this movie i think they really outdid themselves i'm so so happy with the funkos for this movie I do have a few things that I would pick about it, such as the Funko Spider Bite. She is such a cool Funko. I was so excited to see her in the movie, and she was in the movie. She was great in the movie, a very small part, but it wasn't really accurate. It wasn't accurate to her hair. Her hair is so cool on the Funko. I'm not denying that, I'm not denying that it's a great Funko. But it just wasn't accurate, and I think that kind of annoys me a little bit when they're not fully accurate and I know it's very difficult because obviously Funko probably only hear a certain amount from Marvel and Sony when it comes to these things when they release Funkos early or release them before the film which I have discussed in previous episode about should Funkos be released before or after the movie and I always think that they should be released afterwards but that's my opinion and I still got all the Spider-Verse pops regardless. I did not get Spider-Bite and I did not get the Medieval Vulture. But everything else I managed to get and I'm really happy with them. But the Funkos themselves were really, really cool. The MCC box. I know we have discussed about MCC boxes and there was an Across the Spider-Verse one and I absolutely love what was in it. So for the Across the Spider-Verse Funkos, I really think it's an amazing line and I'm so excited to be able to display them at the moment they are all over the place <laughs> but I think they really outdid themselves with the Funkos and I hope that they do make more and possibly add new characters or do something with the current characters that they have out now they have Spider-Punk they have Scarlet Spider they have Gwen and Miles in their casual clothes they also have them in their suits. There's commons, there's different special edition ones, Funko exclusive. They have really outdone themselves with this line of Funkos, in my opinion. Some others may disagree. There are some things that you'd maybe nitpick at them, but otherwise, I really hope that they bring out more to this line. As I said, I love this movie. 10 out of 10 for me. I recommend you go and watch it. Go enjoy and re-watch the first movie as well. Why not? 
I really can't wait for the next one. This this trilogy is going to be one of the top ones and I can't wait to see what else they do and how they're going to continue this. So I hope you enjoyed this episode about Across the Spider-Verse and going through the different Easter eggs and things that I loved about the movie. And I will catch you on the next episode. So I hope you enjoyed and can't wait to hear what you guys think.